Good morning, Michael. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Okay. So now we're going to have an interesting case. Um, sometimes in life, when you know for sure one way or another, things are easier. But the, sometimes the worst challenge is when you really don't know, you have a doubt. So how do you treat a doubt? So over here, the question is, uh, somebody passed away without children, but his wife was pregnant, and then she has a child who dies right away. So the question was this, if the, they really was a child, so then there's no mitzvah yibam. The soul went up to heaven and no shudawir, and, the, and uh, it just, whatever happened, the child died. But the mitzvah yibam is that, uh, um, that at the moment of death, there was no child. There was a child. The child just didn't, didn't survive. Or maybe the child was never viable. There, there are children that are born without a heart or without a brain. And the, so the heart beats a little bit, but it's really not a child. It doesn't, it's not, a, it's not a, a person that ever lives. It's really questionable, so, or, or uh, sometimes even less than that. So that's going to be the question. What do you do with this child that didn't live long? And we're really not sure what happened here. Is, uh, did the person have a child and there was no mitzvah yibam? Or did the person not have a child and there was, and there, there is still a mitzvah yibam? But even, if the person, even if that child was a child that died, so now you're left in the same category as if you would have a regular case of yibam. No, no, no. Why not? There, because well, when he died, there was a child. You're right, but if the point of yibam is lahakim shame, there's nothing. Uh, that's the that's the reason. But the the what the mechanism is that at the moment of death was there a child that existed? There was a potential child, and the child was alive. So then he the, the soul departed, even though long term it didn't. Uh, there's also, there's the idea that what we call chayisho, like a person who lives an hour, that's life also. Like, you know, he was put in the world to create a being that would live for a month, would live for two weeks. He had that, whereas somebody that passed away didn't leave it. The child that was, never came into being. want to wait 30 days you know after the birth of a of a child mm-hmm. before we we do evamorphly so whatever it is so i say okay at, at least i see the connection because here our our our, our quandary is a child is born but there's still the possibility that he may not be a, a child well I'll tell you today we'd have even a bigger question. What if um, he, she uh, they had the eggs or they had the uh, he had left overseas, uh, and they have this. They have soldiers that go in the Israeli military that they make sure to they they have seed taken so in case they die in battle they'll be able to have a so. I, I haven't heard this question, uh, but what if today somebody died, but he left overseas that you could create a child? Could you do Yibam in a test tube, so to speak? But, but this is not Yibam. This is, Yibam is the brother. This Over here, the question is, maybe there'll be no mitzvah of Yibam because, in fact, he did leave a child over. He just, it, wasn't, it didn't, the mechanism, we didn't put the seed and the womb together until after he died. Um, it seems like 
I, I, it's a yeah, fascinating yeah. question, but that, it's a similar. Uh, yeah. yeah, it seems like this all hinges on the idea of whether you can go Lima Freya or whether you go Advocan. You know, okay, okay. I would think that's the, the crux uh, of the whole yeah. discussion. It's fascinating, but let's begin. Okay, so we're at the bottom of 36b. Uh, we're going to start. Omer Reb, about 10 lines up. Omer Leh, Vashi Levosha, Brady, Ravidi, Hassan Tanan. We learned over there. Shingam Leh Omer. Kol Shishab Adam Lamed Yom. Now, there's a difference between an animal and a person, by the way. Animals, apparently, they don't need 30 days to be viable. Um, and, by the way, that's one of the reasons you can bring a Corvin, uh, because uh, how could you bring a Corvin if you don't know if it's a viable animal uh, from the eighth day, really? From eight days and up. Uh, they're, di- they're different. But for a human, it, it has, it's once it's 30 days. A goat, a goat or a cow that up and walking on their legs within hours of being born. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Michael has a farm saying that they... they right, right. In other words, a baby that's lying there, you just don't know, does he have all the parts? Is he, is he, is he, is he, is he going to... Uh, does he have what it takes to make uh, life in this world? So, Kol Shishab Adam Lamed Yom. This much we know. Mommy knows. Really? Wow. So, um, if it lasts, if a child uh, lives 30 days, well, this much we know, it's not a miscarriage. It, it, 30 days is a, a, your money back, that's a halosha. But what happens if the child didn't last 30 days? So, sveikahavi. That means we don't know if it was viable or not. Um, let's see Rashi. Sveikahavi, Rashi's seven lines from the bottom on the left side, Sveikahavi, Vikholetsis. So since we're not sure if it was viable, what we do is we give Chalitza. You can't give Yibam because maybe it was a child. The problem here is we don't know if this baby has all the parts. Uh, we're not sure if he was born with everything that he actually was alive or not. There, there may be, maybe inside he was missing something. But if we know for a fact that he had everything that was needed, even a one-day-old. The problem is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how would you say a one-day-old baby was viable? It died. But it, had, it, 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 it was born. The question is, did it live? Did it live? Did it... Did it, uh, it still died less than 30 days. Left. But it lived. It had all the parts. But at any rate, that's, that's a different discussion. Okay, back to the Gemara. So the itmar, now we learn. Now this is where it gets interesting. So basically we've established the ground rules. The ground rules are that anything before 30 days, uh, we're not totally sure that this child had all the parts inside to say that it actually lived. Uh, It could be it was missing stuff and uh, it just took a while to pass away, but it it, it never lived. Uh, but we don't know. Maybe it did. Uh, so that's a question what we call this uh, child that was born within 30 days. So, what happened was that all the wives heard that this child, uh, that the, uh, one of the wives produced a child from the previous husband. And uh, they all got remarried. They, all, they waited nine months, some of them, to, uh, to start their lives again. So what happened, though, if they, the child died... Uh, within 30 days. Now, the mother assumed that she no longer had to worry about and she went and she got engaged to somebody else. And then we said, wait a second, you still need chalitza. 
because maybe that child wasn't, your baby wasn't viable, wasn't fully formed, and uh, you really had a mitzvah. So you shouldn't get married to, and normally you wait till you get married, until you get chalitza, or you get yibam from your husband's brother. But she didn't wait. She got up and she accepted Kedushin. So the question is, is it too late to do chalitza or not? Ravina Mishmeda Rav Amr Imeshis Yisrael Hicholetzis. Well, if she's married to an Israelite, go ahead, give her chalitza now. Uh, it can't hurt. Now, by the way, she just has Kedushin, so she didn't really do it. She didn't move in with the so new husband. So let her just get chalitza. Now, what will the problem be? That her husband will be marrying a woman who got chalitza. So Yisrael can marry a chalitza. But this is where the problem is. V'imeshis Kohen. If she got married to a Kohen and a Kohen's not supposed to marry a chalitza, so then we don't do a chalitza misafik. That's opinion number one. No, even in that case, even a Cohen's wife, we give her chalitza. Uh, I mean, if she needs chalitza, it would be good to have chalitza, even though a Cohen shouldn't marry a chalitza. So, so this debate about a Cohen's wife who, who married a woman who we're not sure if she needed chalitza or not. The question is, do we give her chalitza just to be sure or not? So, in the morning, uh, he said, you know what, uh, let's give her chalitza. No, you know, let's, because the Kohen doesn't want to take a chance, and she doesn't want to take a chance that really there's a law of the Torah didn't want her to get remarried until she got a chalitza. So let's give her a chalitza. That's the, the better of the two evils. But, Ubitzafra. I think it's the, it's the evening, I think. Uh, but in the evening, yeah, I'm sorry. Right, there was the, the evening before, uh, he said, Thank you. The evening before, he said that uh, she needs chalitza. But Safra, in the morning, he changed his mind and said, nah, she don't need chalitza. Let her go. Don't need to do that. And not only that, it's, it looks bad. People are going to say a Kohen could marry. There's a, doubt, a negative side. The negative side is people might think that a Kohen could go marry a chalitza. And we don't want them to think that. If they start thinking that, then maybe they'll marry a divorcee, they'll marry a chalutza. So, oh, therefore, we, even though it's a suffolk, it's a doubt, um, he changed his mind and said, no, chalitza. Sure. Now, the, chalitza meant that she could live happily ever after. She didn't have to deal with the uncle. So, Omerle, he said to him, Sharisu, you're a, you are a lenient guy. You're permitting stuff. You're a permitter. By the way, it's always dangerous to be too lenient. There'll be somebody who criticizes you. So he said, hey, Robin, next thing you know, the Tishri Yaftarba, you're going to give people forbidden fat, then you're going to be eating the bologna. That's, you, you know, you got, you, they made fun of him. That's the expression. Like, um, they felt that he should not have been so uh, lenient. That was the story here. Okay. Rabbi, quick question. Yes. If someone does Kalusa in this situation... With the, with the mandamar that you do chalutza even with mm-hmm. the Kohen, mm-hmm. can they still marry? Stay remarried? Yeah. To that mm-hmm. Kohen? Yeah. Okay. That, so they didn't have to get divorced then. In that case. Yeah, I don't believe so. Okay. So, um, so what about our case? I'm not, that's not our case, but it's a case we mentioned before. There's another rabbinic decree that you're not supposed to marry a woman who's pregnant. Um, from a different man, or, or nursing from a different man. So, and, and let's say they didn't know that halacha, and she went and she got engaged to a Kohen. So normally we'd say get divorced, and then afterwards, uh, after the 24 months, 
after the child is weaned, then you can feel free to initiate a new marriage. But if you give a divorce over here, you won't get your Kohen man back because a Kohen can't retake his divorcee. So, did the rabbis make a special leniency for a Kohen? He doesn't have to get divorced over here. Just put it on hold. Oh, no, or maybe not. Maybe there's no special uh, Kohen has to follow the same Shulchan Aruch. The Torah says that if you married a woman too soon, while she has a minor child that needs uh, nursing and attention, and you're not supposed to do that. Um, in the old days, if a woman had children from a previous marriage and she remarried, she often gave them away. You know, it was, it was like, it was like the people didn't take, they couldn't afford to take on children from a pre, I mean, they, bought it, they put them up for adoption, or they, it was just much more common than today, um, you know, because it was just impossible to remarry with kids from, a, uh, uh, from another marriage. It, it was assumed that somebody couldn't afford to take care of someone else's kids. And so unless there was, uh, you know, the, sometimes the previous husband died and it, it was really a big dilemma what to do when people had uh, that situation. Um, they, even the Chafetz Chaim, um, his mother was a second marriage and part of the deal, he, uh, they, they felt that the, the, the husband took her because this way he could make a shidduch with the Chafetz Chaim with his daughter. That was the part of the, uh, uh, but, but whatever. The, so the question is, uh, do we do something for the Kohen over here, the, uh, uh, enable him to marry her or not? So, Omer le'hachi hashta. He said, hachi hashta, which means like, how are you talking? Hachi <laughs> hashta. What is now? <laughs> I don't know how to, certain words are better left untranslated. Hachi hashta. How are you talking? Over there, there's a legitimate other opinion. When there's two opinions, and it isn't, uh, some, and they're both legitimate. Sometimes you, you have the right to follow legitimate opinion. The rabbanon over there they argue and say that the uh, child uh, is not a um, is not a doubt, but that the child definitely was born, and therefore they're exempt from yibmor chalitza. So the afagafta amar deloshav lad malyahavi, and they hold that even though the child didn't live thirty days. He's still 100% a good child. And so therefore, we've, uh, if it is a Kohen, we allow him to rely on that lenient opinion. In other words, even though there's one opinion that says she still needs Chalitza, in this case where we, Kohen isn't supposed to marry the Chalitza, we rely on that other opinion that says no Chalitza needed. Uh, and the reason why is that opinion would say even if a child didn't live 30 days, it's still considered a child and they're exempt from Eva. Uh, Gabe Eshes, uh, so that's that case. So over there, it's not possible. We have no good solution. So sometimes we can follow that opinion. But over here, where you're not supposed to get married to a woman who's still nursing or who has a child from someone else who's... Uh, so come on, Nevin, who are we going to do like? There's two opinions what to do if a person ignored the halacha and married a woman who was nursing. Rev Meir says, Ha'omar Rev Meir says, uh, it's a super penalty. We, ne- we don't let them marry. If somebody married, we make them get a divorce and they can't marry the same guy. So according to Rev Meir, we're not, he's not trying to find a way to keep the Kohen in the picture. 
he wants to kick out any, he penalizes anybody who ignored that halacha. He says, you ignore the rules, you suffered a penalty. That's Rebbeir. Now, the Ikarabbanan, the Rabbanan say uh, that, the, uh, they, that he actually has to give a get. And if the Kohen gets to give a get, he won't be able to remarry. So, um, therefore, this case is different uh, than uh, that case. Uh, um, it, so, basically, it's, it won't be clear yet what to do for the Kohen. But the Gemara is saying, who are you going to do like? Itmar, Kitshibisok, Shlosha, Uborach. What happens if somebody didn't wait three months? They got engaged. And they didn't want any rabbinic lashes or anything, so they ran away. They got a, they got engaged to her. They, uh, I made that up. They didn't want rabbinic lashes. They ran away. We don't know why they ran away. So the question, though, is normally we say you put them on hold. We say you, you have to, you, you, we, we need to tell if the woman was pregnant. So, there's a debate. One says, we put him in harem, we, uh, which or means we whip him. We, we teach him a lesson. He ignored the rules. He ran away. So, definitely, the, she's not going to be pregnant from him. There was such a case. The running away, Mistaya. Basically, uh, he, knew, he kind of knows he mixed, mixed up here. Let's see, Rashi, Irokna Mistaya, the running away helps. Lo boy le mikve of get. We don't need to stand over here and say, go and write, let's track him down wherever he ran away and force him to the Gabi Digili Daita the Lo Boy Likna Sadzmaninu. He's showing that he never intended to live with her. It, see, if he lived with her, that would be a problem because then we wouldn't know who the dad is. But the way he did it, he gave the get, he gave the marriage proposal and ran away. So we don't have to legislate over here what to do because clearly he realized that he wasn't supposed to uh, move in with her until after the three months. Okay, fine, moving along. Suffolk Ben Tisha. So then we talked about another, what happens if they did remarry, if they did do Yibam and they had a child and we don't know if the child is a full term from the previous husband or a short pregnancy from the, uh, from the Yavim. So uh, there are all kinds of questions now that are going to come up what to do with this child. We don't know uh, who this child is. As we said before, Mamanashaf, the child's going to be kosher because if the child's from the previous husband, um, then good, he's a kosher child. And if he's from the new husband, that meant there was a mitzvah yibam, and so then the new husband is the legitimate husband. So either way, the child is kosher, but we just don't know who his dad is. Is his dad his uncle? <laughs> is, is his dad... His, his dad is his dad. Is his dad, um, is his dad her mother's first wife who died? Or is his dad the, his, his, first, uh, his father's, uh, his, his mother's first Uncle. husband's brother? Uncle dad. <laughs> Uncle dad. Uncle dad. <laughs> Uncle dad. That's a good way to call it. We'll call it Uncle dad. So is he uncle dad, right? And, and, and really, the Torah said that he's the, right, the, the uncle becomes the father. It's, it's, it's in the shoe. That's a good way to put it. Okay, so that's the question. So Omerle, uh, so Omerle Ravel or Nachman, why do we have an issue over here? Why don't we just follow the majority? Hoka Rovna, Ronashim Latisha Yoda. Why don't we just assume that nine month old must be uh, a birth of the first husband? Omerle, Nishadi Dunlashiva Yoda. He says our wives give birth after seven. So you should know that amongst women, some women they know that in our family, you know, they give birth early. They don't go full term. Like it's certain women, they have usually it's not seven months, but usually there's there are certain 
certain families, certain certain women never go the full nine months. They just their mother, their grandmother, they are you know they always give birth early. That's the way you know they have st- smaller baby. And there's certain women they give birth big babies, right? It's just uh, so he's saying it's it's not really like a rove. There's a common miyat that gives birth uh, early. shady doesn't have a rove di alma. So he said, just because your wives do it, that doesn't make the majority. Everybody thinks the way we do it is the way everybody must do it, right? That's so, a, this seems to be like two different cycles, because I remember someplace else in the Shash where it said okay, eight um, months was, was not viable. Uh, Malay, how could Kamina? What? Seven months is viable. What, what are you asking? We're saying seven. Yeah, it, but, right, but, but I remember somewhere else in Shash that said eight months is, is bad. Yeah, not, yeah. who said viable. anything about eight months? Right, right. What I'm saying is, it's not like it's not like simply it's a shorter or a longer cycle. But it's like two separate cycles where some people deliver earlier and they have problems. The babies uh, have to go into the NICU or whatever. That's the, uh, they didn't have the NICU then, right? So that was. But they're yeah. It, 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 we're just saying that it, um, basically you need a child fully developed. Some develop early. Some aren't fully developed and they're born, and so that's a problem. So at any rate, Reb Nashim yelled in the tissue of me at Lashiva. He said, this is what I mean to say. Most women, uh, they do go full nine months, and a smaller amount go early. But those that give birth in nine months, usually a third of the nine months, you can tell she's pregnant. And this one, you didn't know she was pregnant because she wasn't showing. So all bets are off over here. The Gemara is saying, why is it we're suspicious that maybe it's the new husband and not the old husband? It's because she was, didn't look pregnant. That's all. There's a, there, usually, most women, had it been from the old husband, at, when the, the Yavim waited the three months in this case, and she, looked, she didn't look like she was expecting. So, uh, therefore, all bets are off. So the Gemara said, E call Yonas Letisha over Nicholas Shemaha. So, if that's true, that everybody does, Hi, Midelohu Kashli Shemaha. This one, who definitely wasn't showing, why don't you say Vade Bar Shiva, Labasra? She's for sure a child of seven months to husband number two, uh, Uncle Daddy, right? So that's Labasra is the second man. The more it calls it, it's just easy, Labasra, the guy number two, right? <laughs> so um, why don't we say that? So the more said, Ella Ema Ravelatisha over Nicholas. No, not everybody that's a full term shows. The women will tell you that also. Some just don't show as much as others. It's, it's just nature. So there are women that are full term nine months, and after three months, they just weren't showing. Zilpa. Zilpa, right. They got married young. Right, very good. There's a Rashi in Chumash that mentions that uh, Zilpa didn't show. Uh, um, you couldn't tell right away because she was younger. Baha'i mid And this one that you couldn't tell, Israel a robe, you can't rely on the robe. But it's still a doubt. Okay, fine. Tan Rabbana. Rabbi's taught. It's always good. A tanarabana means that we're starting like a, a newer thought. Tanarabana. You always want to figure out what's the Gemara doing. Are we still in the old thought or are we starting something new? Tanarabana. Rabbi's taught. Rishon. So what about the, the story was uh, the Yavim uh, married his brother's wife and uh, they had a child and they weren't sure which, uh, which uh, uh, man was the father? Was it the man number one, the deceased one, or was it Uncle Dad number two? So, but, and then he stayed married and had another kid after that. So, Risha and Roy Leo's Kohen Gadol. The first son, he can, he can be voted in to be Kohen Gadol. He's fit to be Kohen. He's 100% kosher. Even though we don't know who he's from, as we mentioned, if he's from the first husband, that's perfectly okay. That was his wife. 
And if the first husband didn't have kids, then he's from the Yavim, that's perfectly okay, that's his Yavim. But the second son is a Mamzer Misafik. <laughs> you know, same family, you got a Kohen Gadol and a Mamzer Misafik, right? That's a, so, uh, so Rebbe Lozav and Yaakov Omer ain't Mamzer Misafik. He's just not a Mamzer Misafik. So my Kamar, what's the debate about over here? So by Omer, this is what it means to say. Hakikomar means again that they, they, they were very short words and we didn't have all the details. So Hakikomar, Rishon Royalios Kohen Gadol. First son, son number one. If his father is a Kohen, he could be Kohen Gadol. Vishani Suffolk Mamzer. He's a Suffolk Mamzer, but Usher but Mamzeris. He can't even marry a Mamzeris. Why? He's a Mamzer. See, if, if the son number one belonged to his dad, then there was no mitzvah of Yibam. And if a person marries their brother in law's wife, their brother's wife, the child's a mamzer. But this is worse than a mamzer. Why? Because it's a Suffolk mamzer. He might not be a mamzer. So he can't marry a mamzeris because maybe he's not a mamzer. He can't marry a Yisrael because maybe he is a mamzer. So he's in real trouble. Rebbe Lazar says no. He says not. He's a full mamzer. And he can even marry mamzeris. Rav Omar, that's one way to, to see the debate. That was a Baye's way to understand the two opinions. Rav says, He's a he's for sure a mamzer misafik. Uh, okay. and we allow him to uh, to. The question is, the question. Cool. Right, because he, he had a kid. He had a kid. So there was no mitzvah of Yibam because the, 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 the mother was pregnant from the, the child of the first husband. So the child is, the second child born is going to be definitely from the second husband when there was no mitzvah of Yibam. So when a person so, marries their brother's wife illegally, the child's a mamzer. So, Reb, I, so they, there's no suffix as far as who's the papa. Of the first yeah, there was kind of, no, no, the first child, there is a suffix who the papa is, the first so, child. So, the first child, though, if there is this, we don't know who the dad is. If he's the first dad of the di- one that died, so he's definitely kosher. And even if he's the second dad, then there is a mitzvah yibum, and then the, then the child's fine. So the second case, that wouldn't make the second child a mamzer. Right, I guess right. That's why it's a Suffolk mamzer. No, so it's the first case would be it would be a mamzer. Second case would not be a mamzer. See, since we didn't know who the first uh, the first one who the dad was, the second one is going to be a Suffolk mamzer. But that means that other opinions says he's he's a mamzer mamish. Yeah, that's a bad. Well, so the question is, do we have to treat it? What what is a mamzer? Does a mamzer mean we know everything, or it means we know enough to call him a mamzer? Like it's kind of like a. That's a definition. That's a definition. That's really what comes out. A rebel husband Yaakov in he says ain't uh in Vade Mamzer ain't Vade Mamzer Misafik. You can't call him a Vade Mamzer Suffolk, Ella Suffolk Mamzer. He's a Suffolk Mamzer also Mamzeris. And what is this argument? So uh Kamifi to Rebel Lazar. They're arguing in Rebel Yazid to not Rebel Lazar Omar, Vade Bavadai, if if you have a for sure Mamzer to a for sure Mamzeris, Mutter. Vade Bisafik, a Sagu Vada Visfakum Bisfakan Usar. When in doubt, people that it might be good, they can't marry somebody who might be bad. Um, so we had that a little bit before with the, the person, you don't know if he's a he or a she, can't marry another person who's a he or a she, because this he or she might be a he, and that he or she might be, you just don't know. So the, uh, the following are the cases where we don't know. So Stuki. Stuki is whenever, whenever you ask people, who's the dad? Is he called Shh. 
you get shushed. <laughs> it means that you, 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 nobody is willing to say what the story is with him. Now, there must be a reason they don't want to say that, that you, whenever you want to know. But I don't understand. His mother was not, shh, 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 don't go there, right? Stuki. But Asifi is the one found on the doorstep. That's, that's Sufi. You have no idea. They left a baby in the, in the, uh, in the basket. And the Kusi, and the uh, Kusi, that's the, uh, the Kusim, uh, where you never knew who the dad was with the Kusim. They didn't, uh, uh, they were not, uh, they, they lived in Israel, and some of them kept Judaism on the outside, but uh, they were basically pagans, and so they, they committed adultery, and you had no idea who the dad was. Can you the Rashi on the Shtuki? Uh, okay. Which one is it? We want to do Rashi Stuki. Shekora Avi Vimo. When he says, Is that, are you my daddy? Mashtiko. Shh. He calls, he calls, you know, who's, I don't know why he says Emo. Shekora Avi Vimo. When he calls out father and mother, uh, is that my, is he the dad? Is he not the dad? Is the original? Where is my dad? I don't know. Okay, back to the book. No, oh, the Imam Ashtika. Oh, thank you. Uh, okay. yeah. There's a comma there, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what Rebecca said. In other words, when he says, Daddy? Mommy, the mother says, Shh, don't call him Daddy. <laughs> He's not the one. Um, so uh, if the mother has told him to be quiet and not call him Daddy, then uh, not good. Okay, I'll review it on my rap. Halakha's like Rebbe Eliezer, that Yisafik can't marry a Vada. Kiyamaska made a Shmu, Amrli, Hillel Shana, Hillel learned 10 categories of Jews, Olam Ebavel. These are the 10 categories Kohani, Leviv, Israel, those are the regular ones. And then you have Halali, Geri, Haruri, Mamzer, Nisini, Shtuki, Vesufi. The Kula Mutter love was Zebazda. And uh, the, 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 the bad ones can marry into each other. Vad Amas And you said that Allah is like Rebbe Eliezer, that a Suffolk can't marry a Vadai. According to Hillel, uh, the one who was a doubtful Mamzer could marry a full Mamzer. The Kusi wasn't mentioned in this list. Uh, they didn't come up from Bavel. Abai Savalei Kishmol, Damalacha Kehillel, Umukilei, but he learns Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov Aliba de Hilkasa. According to the halacha, Halo Tikshe Hilkasa Hilkasa. It's a debate about exactly who pasked and what. Rabbi Savakli Rab the Omar Laka Rebel Lazar, Mukulay Lazar and Yaakov Aliba the Hilkasa. Halo Tiksha in order that there not be a question on the question. This is a Psak Halaka question. In other words, if we really hold like Hillel, could they marry or could they not marry? Depending on how you held, that's how you had to make the halacha come out. Where do we know this concept? That when you're not sure, you make it like you're sure. In other words, that a Suffolk mamzer is like a Vade mamzer. What happens if you got a man that has relations with lots of women? And uh, he doesn't even know anymore, which somebody says, did you father this child? I don't know. Could be. Became <laughs> uh, he, or then the opposite of that is the woman. She has many men. She has no idea which man she uh, got pregnant from. Nimsa'av, and if that happens, a father could end up marrying his daughter, a brother could marry his sister, and the whole world will be full of mamzerim. The world will be full of zima. The word zima means zuma. What is this? 
this child, like, who is he? What is he? Who is his dad? Who is it? Um, Rashi, three lines from the top. Um, well, let's do two lines. We see a mamzer is not just when we're sure. A mamzer is when we have no idea. That's what a mamzer is. The definition of a mamzer is we don't know who the dad is. Uh, so it's even when we're not, maybe dad's kosher, we don't know. Uh, next Rashi, Zu Mahi Lushin Suffolk. What is that? The word the word Zima means you're creating a child that doesn't know. Yes, I can Now we actually had this Gomorrah in Yuma. Uh, we probably should have explained it better over there. Not, we won't get to explain it better here either. But uh, said the following a person should not marry, take two wives in two different uh, today it's illegal, but that's that's the some people do that. But a person should not marry a woman in one country, and then to- go take a woman in another country when they travel. Why? Because uh, they, people won't realize that he has children in both places, and they might make a marriage in the future with each other. And the brother could marry a sister. And so it's dangerous to have families in different places. Darshir. <laughs> When Rav came to Darshir, Makrav Ziomer Man he said, "I want to get married tonight. Who will have me as a? As, I need a wife for the time that I'm in Darshir." Rav Shniv. When he came to Shniv, Makrav Ziomer Man So um, uh, this is very strange because uh, normally we wouldn't consider that so moral. So what some people and why only those cities? Why not other cities? So some people say that uh, the people in those cities were unusually um, uh, not so moral, and they had illicit relationships because they didn't want to go to the trouble. You see this today, that people, uh, they don't want to go to the trouble of getting married or the trouble of getting divorced, you know, and therefore they don't do it, you know. And so, he, therefore, he made a point of saying there's no embarrassment to get married for a short time. You know, if you're going to move in with a woman, marry her. And then if, it do, if, you don't, if you don't know what it'll be in the future, at that point, get divorced. But a, a short marriage is better than a marriage in immoral behavior. That, that's, it was specifically over there that they tried to make that point. But aren't we afraid that he'll have kids over there and, we, and those kids, they won't realize they're relatives? The Lord said, Shadar everybody will know who the dad is because it's a famous rabbi. But how could you get married so quickly? We have a rule when you propose to a woman when Pisces and she agrees, you normally have to wait seven days. There's something in a woman's system that uh, when she all of a sudden knows that she's going to get married, her body goes into gear. And uh, she sometimes becomes a nida. And so as soon as you propose, you have to wait at least a week before you get married to make sure she's not a nida. So if the rabbis would come to a city and propose to women, wouldn't they have to wait at least a week? So how can we say they went there in a day and got married? So the answer is the, the rabbis planned ahead. They sent messengers ahead a week early and said, we need somebody in case we want to marry a great rabbi. Or, really the rabbis never married these women. So, it's okay if they're needed. Now, if they never married them, why did they do this? They, they knew that they were a long distance from home, and a man who's not with his wife for a long period of time might have uh, troubles. So the rule is, if a man knows if he really needs to, he could have a relationship legally with a woman, 
so he won't be tempted to do something illegal. Uh, in the end, he doesn't even marry that woman, but he knows if he could, he could have it. So again, you'd have people that would go to a prostitute. Instead, they wanted to show them, if you really need to get married, get married, even though you don't intend, uh, it's just, you just do something. It's, uh, uh, but this way, they didn't need to get married. They had paspasalo. But at the end of the day, that needs more explanation. That's a difficult Gomorrah. I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm just, we had that before too, but there was something going on there, what, what these rabbis were doing when they said, who will be with me for the day? Uh, he says, person should, so the problem here is this. Correct. That's exactly why we're bringing it. He said, you can't marry a woman for a day because that means you're dumping her tomorrow. And you're not supposed to marry a woman and you plan on dumping her. Because the woman gets married for keeps. And it's not nice to plow the field and you plan on, uh, and she's, uh, you know, and she doesn't, she doesn't know she's being dumped tomorrow. Uh, uh, is, is that maybe in that case, they knew it was only for a short amount of time, uh, but it sounds like it's different opinions. Okay, back to the more. So, um, now we have a new, uh, a new uh, now, uh, let's say they had that child, and um, that we don't know if he's from the first husband or the second. And then that generation passes away, and now we have a fight over the estate. So the question is, this child doesn't know, is he a, a child or is he a, um, a brother? Of the, in other words, is he a child of his father or is he a brother of his father? So let's see the case. Selfik v'yavim. Shabo l'chalak v'nikseh masna. You have a child that's the... Um, uh, that's the uh, suffix that he might be from the first husband from the second, and you have the product of Yivam, and they want to divide the estate of the uh, the, the brother that um, that died, uh, the the one that had died earlier. Suffolk, Omer, Anabarmasna. I'm the son of the dead man. I should get everything. But Nick CDD, he says, I'm the full son. The Yavan says, you? At Beridididiat, you are my son. Uh-huh. The less, and I, I did the mitzvah of Yibam, so I got the estate. So the kid is fighting with his dad. <laughs> Who's Uncle Dad, that's right. But we don't know if he's his dad or not. So, the less luck for lo midi benixte. You don't stay away from mine, stay away from my money. It doesn't belong to you, it belongs to me. So what do we do? Have a mama mutabasafik, a mama and a mutabasafik, we're not sure what to do, we split it. Yeah. Next case. Suffolk of Benayav, that was the, the Suffolk fighting with his uh, uncle dad, with his father, who was the Yavim. So uh, there, that was that case. What about Suffolk of Benayavim? What about the Suffolk and the sons of the Yavim? They want a Suffolk, Omrahu Gavra Bar Masnahu. He says that um, that person, meaning himself, uh, is the son of the deceased. I inherit everything. Uh, B'nai Yavim Omar, they say, no, you're our brother. And you and the person that died, we inherit together. You just get a share. You don't get all of it. So, what do you do? It's a Mishnah. Over there, where you're in doubt and you can't prove it, he can't inherit them because they can say, but they can inherit him. 
Over here, we're saying the opposite. We're a little confused how, when there's a doubt, he can collect here. So, I see Raya Vishakul. Over there, they say, bring a proof and you can collect. Over here, it's the other way around. He's in the driver's seat and he says to them, you bring a proof. Over there, he's for sure and they're in doubt. Over here, they're both in doubt. We have to compare it to the following. To a Suffolk and the sons of the Yavim that want to divide. Yavim, again, Gufa. Where they wanted, and the question is here, not the uh, one that died, but the Yavim's estate. There's really three different cases of inheritance. There's the brother that died without children that might have had a child. Who gets that? Uh, does it go to his brother that thought he was doing Yivam, or does it go to the son that might be a son, might not be a son? That's number one. And then there's the brother himself who did the Yivam, who might have done the Yivam when he dies, who inherits him. Uh, and so those are the, the two scenarios. Prove you're our brother, Rishakul. Then you have Suffolk Bina Yavim Shabalakhniksa Yavim. They want to divide the estate. Labasta Dapligu Yavim Niksema. And after they divide, Bine Yavim Omi Aisi Rai Dahuna Advishakl, prove who you are. Omale Suffolk. Uh my uh my uh, They said to the Suffolk, who are you? Iachinu Anna Hav so the Suffolk said, Who am I? <laughs> you know, so Iachinu Anna, if you're my brothers. Then I should inherit with you. If I'm the son of the man that died, then I still get it as a share of the estate. What he's trying to say is, what happens if either way he's entitled to something? So they want to cut him off, but he can say, either way, you got to, either I'm your uncle or I'm your brother, uh, but either way I'm entitled to a share of an estate. This is the scenario where the, the second, the guy that did, Uncle Dad died. Right. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the scenario. Vahad and Rav Omar, Rav, he said, come dinner, that he can come with them with both claims. Revirimia Omar, no, Hutter dinner. So now we're going to see that what happens when a person has a claim either way, but they're two different claims. So can you come with both claims? So we seem to have an argument over here whether he can say, well, either I'm your uncle or your brother, but either way, you got to give me, they, they can say, no, prove you're our uncle and you might be our brother. And okay, so he lost that argument. Then when he comes as a brother, they said, you might be our uncle, get out of here. Yeah, so now our question is, can he come as an uncle brother and say, if you put my two claims together, I'm at least entitled to this? I would think so. So there are two opinions. And let's say this is the Machlokas of Adman Rabban. I'm sorry we don't have much time to go into it. It's not. Misha, uh, you know, we'll stop here. Uh, let's just read the case. Misha, uh, what happened was this. You had property, um, and you have a farm, and you had a, the access to the farm went through your neighbor's, uh, your neighbor's property. You had an easement. And you were away for many years, and you came back, and you didn't know which, uh, uh, how to, uh, where the easement was. But Abdullah Dare, you lost the path. And now that properties around your property are owned by several people. So, uh, Admin Omar Yen Kuxera. Admin says, we give you the shortest path. 
The Chachamim, they say, no, you're in trouble. Yikukla Derek Bameya Mana. You'll have to pay a million dollars. You'll have to, you, they, because each person can say, your shortcut wasn't in my property. Go to the next guy. He says, oh, you're free of or you could fly. <laughs> Jump in a lake. I don't care how you get to your property, but you, I got a shotgun if you cross my, you got to fly there. Uh, so that opinion says, those are four different neighbors on four sides. So then what's the reason of Adman that, that he can force them? We're going to repeat this, but basically, you, you, his argument is that I know I had an easement here, so I can like sue all four of you to like figure this out. And each one, if they, each one can say independently, you can't prove I owe you, leave me alone, they send him to the next. And so this is really the same argument. Can you come with two arguments or not at the same time? Okay, we will stop.